0: 2nd, 2017. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Folk Runyon, and tonight we present a discussion on the biblical mystery man, Melchizedek, who appears in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, and later in the New Testament. Melchizedek literally means king and priest, or priest-king. He was said to have given the first communion to Abraham in the days before Joseph became a leader in Egypt. Now, although he's legendary, he was said to have established an order of priesthood to rival that of Moses' brother Aaron. The Ocasitic represented the original Canaanite god El, the Most High God, Whereas Aaron's priesthood was that of Moses' Jehovah, Yahweh. After the Babylonian captivity, Ezra attempted to overwrite all references to El in the Bible and make Jehovah the supreme being. The New Testament declares twice that Jesus the Nazarene is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now we will Look at this in relation to the Egyptian and Phoenician situation at the time, and later Gnostic Christian writings about Melchizedek. So, if you want to do some biblical detective work, tune in, stay with us, and we'll solve the mystery. I'll be joined tonight by Frater Solomon, Michael Johnson, our biblical scholar, and my co-author on several projects such as this one. But before we bring Mike on board, let me set the stage for this discussion on Melchizedek. Now, just as important as the question, who, what, and when was Melchizedek, is the perhaps more important question, who, what, and when was Abraham. And according to the Bible, Abraham, originally Abram, was the founding patriarch of the Hebrew people. He was a Chaldean from Ur, a city at the mouth of the Euphrates River on the Persian Gulf. Now, supposedly, this was around 1500 B.C., about the same time the Ugarit tablets were written over in Canaan. He had a vision of one god, that led him and his tribe out of Mesopotamia in search of a new land. He and his people went north to Haran, the city of the moon god Sin, and they stayed there long enough to make souls and also to together a lunar calendar uh, for the Hebrew people. And then they went southwest down into Canaan, where Abram fought and won a battle with three rival tribes from Babylon. And then he visited Melchizedek in what is now Jerusalem. In those days, it was, it was just Salem, and the, the, the Jeru part comes from the Jebusites. Now, the Canaanite priest-king was a priest of the Most High God, according to Genesis, which was, of course, the Canaanite El, which we are to assume was Abram's muse. And uh, so the Chaldean warlord, the patriarch, Abraham, uh, accepted the Canaanite El which we, you know, and and, um, now Chesedic sealed this covenant with a communion of bread and wine, which later was the model for the Christian communion. And he renamed Abram Abraham, the perfected one. Now there was a a famine in Palestine very shortly thereafter. They didn't call it Palestine in those days. And uh, Abraham and his people, moved south into Egypt. This was the first of several Hebrew refugee invasions of the black land and probably one military invasion. And the question, who, what, and when, was Abraham, is important because he, the original patriarch and first prophet of his nation, accepted El, the most high god of the Canaanites, as the same voice that had been leading him and his tribe since they left Babylon. Unfortunately, several hundred years later, another great Hebrew prophet, Moses, heard a voice that claimed to be the God of Abraham, but was in fact something else. The Old Testament, as we have it today, had been edited and rewritten by Ezra before and after the Babylonian captivity in a clumsy attempt to replace El with Yahweh and thus obscure the historical existence of two rival Hebrew priesthoods, that of Moses and his brother Aaron and Levites, and that of Melchizedek's Abraham, David, Solomon, and Jesus. Now that's that should set us up, Brother um, Solomon. Are you with us?
1: I uh, am. Can you hear me?
0: Oh yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Uh, oh, so uh, That's 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 basically the setup. You know, uh, reason why I I, I said that it, it's just as important that we uh, that we talk about who. Abraham was, and, and all as, as Melchizedek, and the time frame and everything, is is because without Abraham and this communion, uh, we really don't have a we really don't have a mystery. Uh, and uh, do you do you think actually that, that Abraham dates back as far as fifteen hundred B.C.? I'm wondering if it's, if it might not be a lot later. What do
1: you think? Uh, I just no, find it very difficult to bring Melchizedek, 1800 know, or or before um, uh, before Moses. Um, well, even Moses is a mystery, but but I'd have to think that it, he he'd have to be. Con- What's the matter? I lost you. I lost you.
0: Yeah, call back in, Michael. Anyway, um, so I will continue uh, with this. Um, what?
1: sorry, oh, sorry I about that. You I'm still, yeah, I'm still yeah, here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. But
0: you think Abraham, you really think Abraham was as far back as 1500 BC?
1: Well, let's see on chronology he'd have to be he, he's probably a couple centuries before solomon which would be 1000 AD but he couldn't be that far back because the stories are too um interwoven they're too connected yeah, i would put you. him yeah i i i i'd put him maybe more around oh um maybe 1200 1300 uh, and yeah. i'm just guessing on that yeah, I think
0: that works out a lot better, yeah.
1: Because obviously, you know, when, when um, Ezra and his crew were making these genealogies up, they wanted to have these profoundly long lifetimes, which they kind of w- would have maybe gotten from the Chaldeans or the Egyptians. They both liked to um, make their kings live several centuries or even thousands of years long. The, uh, the further they went back, it was just the whole... Uh, how ancient can we make our kings uh, sound? Because it, it added to the prestige. You have these long-living kings who lived uh, centuries ago, and then all of a sudden it, it's just uh, these guys are larger than life. And um, when they were larger than life, then their descendants felt like they were larger than life as well.
0: Yeah, and in the case of uh, uh legend has it that his, that his name was really Shem, and and that he was the only survivor of the flood. In other words, uh he was either he was either hanging on to a uh hanging on to a rope hanging from the ark or he was somehow found himself a a tree that was tall enough and <laughs> I don't know how he survived the flood, but they but the the Jewish Jewish legend has it that he was the last survivor of the flood and and uh and that he was immortal, basically that he and and they that all through the Melchizedek uh uh legend you find this the, the, the these references not just to his immortality but to his uh, uh frankly, it seems like to his reincarnation. I know we get that we get that both uh both out of um, um uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls they, they they seem to indicate that he's going to reincarnate in the future, and uh, the Nagamati uh, 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 tract, uh, tract seems to indicate that that, uh, that that he is going to continually reincarnate if he doesn't in fact actually continue to live. We've got to, we well, got to see, yeah. What are we going to say? Yeah.
1: Well, uh, well, uh, well, there is something interesting. Uh, reading the tractate it's a revelation from gamaliel who is a um sort of an archangel who who is above the seventh heaven uh so he he's above uh ezra's uh jehovah's heaven and um Uh, This archangel Gamaliel is giving a revelation to Jesus Christ, telling him he is the reincarnation of Melchizedek. So um, there is the connection there. A lot of early Christians um, actually believed that Melchizedek um, was uh, a pre-incarnation of Jesus Christ. And um, the the whole Gnostic tractate, it's really beautiful. It's much more detailed than... um, the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls do uh, pretty interestingly. They they make Melchizedek um, identical with um, Michael the Archangel and the Prince of Light, and his uh, adversary that he fights against. So so Melchizedek's the very big figure in um, the uh, Dead Sea community, but uh, his his arch nemesis was uh, Melkyresha. Belial. Yes, Belial. So. Um, Melchizedek is is um the the great uh, angelic being who can um defeat Belial and, and uh, you and I we both had a very interesting channeling with um Melchizedek some time ago he, he's really a fascinating character that I'm glad that we have brought into our um uh, j- just our, our 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 whole story or our, our Malieu and, and what we're presenting it, it's it's not just Solomon it, it's not just um David it it's it's not just Jesus Christ which I think is a very important development uh w- within the OTA but um this this fabulous character Melchizedek who's who's very powerful and who also connects us to a, a tradition where we are going above what Ezra created Ezra got got um his followers to the seventh heaven but with the Gnostic tradition we are going up to the uh, 365th heaven um, from which uh, Gamaliel is uh, associated with and uh, comes down to reveal um, to Jesus Christ who he was in a previous incarnation. This character yeah. in Melchizedek, he, he's very fascinating. One thing, um, and it's just kind of a side note, but it, it's very telling. Joshua, when he was um, going up against... Um, The Canaanites The adversary who was in charge of uh, Jebus or Salem His name was Adonizedek Uh, And according to the um, Book of Jasher Adonizedek was another name of Melchizedek So here Here we have kind of um, You know The the fellows uh, associated with the Levites Going against the fellows Associated with Melchizedek So it's kind of It's not just a lower priesthood versus a higher priesthood which um, which those who are trying to carry on e- Ezra's tradition would try to say, oh, it's just a lower priesthood versus higher priesthood. But th- these two priesthoods were actually against each other, which we see with Joshua and Phinehas, Aaron's son, going up against Adon Isaac, who is the um, king of Jebus or the king of Salem. This is... This
0: is probably one of the biggest mistakes that that most of the Christian churches and especially the Roman church made uh, when they when they chicked out poor old Saint Valentine, you know, they and and told him and and told him to go away and wouldn't let him become Pope. Because one of the biggest mistakes they made was was uh, this uh this uh realization that that, that melchizedek l that G, jesus really was emmanuel uh and and that and that that l was really uh the father god and the, the priesthood of of uh, of david of solomon and jesus of the house of david uh that that this really was uh the priesthood that they should have uh that they should have attached themselves to out of the old testament, but instead of that they they all accepted ezra's uh, ezra's- uh, you know rewrite you know, ezra went through the through the bible and 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 every every time he every time he saw l he stuck in y h v h and 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 unfortunately, the the Christians well Valentine uh, didn't, didn't and the and the Gnostic Christians realized that that in fact they even called uh, Jehovah uh, the demiurge they 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 knew it they realized it and and this is this is one of the terrible mistake the King James Bible and and, uh, and 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 the vulgate and and you know it it probably the worst mistake that 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 uh or- s- scriptural mistake that the christians made and the and you know Martin Luther didn't pick it up and uh, so the protestants y they they there are there are protestant churches as as you know uh worldwide church of God is one of them and i think and and there and, and I think even the mormon church has yep. to some degree a recognition of the fact that that uh the, that l that is the real the real real father god, but unfortunately, our bibles ah, don't reflect this and 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 yeah, you, you most of the problems that we have with fundamental Christians are, are arise out of out of analogies from the Old Testament. You know, they all these horrible things uh, the, that 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 happen in the Old Testament that are attributed either to um, to uh, Jehovah or to his prophets. Like for instance, all those awful, all those awful atrocities in the in the Book of Judges and things like that, and and uh, polygamy and and all of these various these uh, the, these really reprehensible attitudes and, and things in, that uh, that have come through to Christianity and unfortunately fundamental Christianity and and Catholicism seem to seem to uh, you know you can trace them back. To the fact that we that we did not have the right priesthood, we, we we still we're still under the under the the spell of of, of Ezra's uh, Ezra's rewrite. Um, and, you, you, uh, you bring up something he, that, uh,
1: that 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 um, that I, I might want to shed some light on, and, and this is actually something that you and I have talked about before. But w- one thing that's revealing of, of these. Um, priesthoods being uh, totally distinct to each other uh, in their attitudes is towards women. Um, Ezra was uh, promoting a, in his rewrite, it was promoting divorce, but not, not divorce like we have it today where it's uh, two people deciding together that they don't get along, but where the husband simply says, um, I, I don't want to be married to you anymore. You're not going to be my wife anymore. That's it. We're divorced. Um, you get nothing. Uh, whereas Jesus, you could actually see Jesus is poking at Ezra because um, Jesus says, uh, well, Moses said that uh, you could be divorced, but um, God really doesn't like that. God doesn't want you to get divorced. It was because there were weak people that that was allowed but really, when you get married, you're not supposed to be finding ways to put your wife away so she gets nothing and, and you just um, leave her aside. Because divorce back then was really a way of taking absolutely everything away from the women. And, and Jesus' attitude was, no, we have to protect our women. We have to um, treat them as equals. And um, we, we have to be in it for the long haul to take care of them. That's, that's the attitude that we need to have
0: not only that, Jesus Jesus actually believed, and of course this this goes even against Plato, <laughs> and and Jesus Jesus believed that that uh, the soul that your soul was not complete until you got married, that that uh, this whole you know this romantic idea of your soulmate, uh, that wasn't uh, that 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 soulmate idea was a distortion of the idea that when you when you get married, uh yeah, she's your soulmate whether whether that was esoterically ordained or not. If you, you when know, when and Jesus said very, very uh clearly, he said, What God hath 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 bound together let no man put asunder and he meant it. And so and uh, we see that
1: we we yeah, see that yeah. in, in reality Napoleon Hill in his book Think and Grow Rich uh, in his uh, research on successful men and uh, all the key ingredients one of the key factors he said is uh behind every good man is a good woman uh, if a, if a man uh, if a successful man is to be successful you will virtually always see a supportive woman um by his side who who is his um his bulwark of support without that that without that key ingredient of a supportive woman then you don't have uh, what what you need to to really be everything that you can be
0: that's right and and in fact right now it's interesting to note that right now we're having this uh as part of the part of the cultural marxist uh uh attempt to destroy our society there they are now their latest. Their latest thing is to promote it, uh, Women, women to come forward uh, and, and and accuse men of whatever they can accuse them of, from as far back as, as their almost childhood, uh, and uh, and uh, and also uh, to insist. That, that women have the uh, have equality in the creative fields, and and uh, the I just noticed that a prominent editor, New York editor, uh, came out and, and, and to answer the question, why are there so few women artists and writers, and and basically it. Uh, you know, it, it is that, that men do tend to be more outgoing in the creative fields. They, they, they you, know, you can you can say this is you know kind of the sexual analogy or whatever, however you want to say it. But uh, this 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 is natural that that when it comes to uh, works of art and literature and everything else, men are men have predominated and they will they will probably continue to predominate as far as great that that is concerned but at the same time uh there's behind behind every behind every great great uh, great artist and behind every great writer there's always there's always a very very inspiring woman and if you don't if you don't think so just look at the dedications to the the books and, and and the works, and and this is something that uh, I'm not saying that I that necessarily that that uh, we haven't had great uh, lady lady authors, writers, artists, and, and and all we have, and and certainly and and we and we'll have more, but but uh, nature uh, the, the nature of uh, things are is that men like the uh, that. That's saying, you know, uh, that men do and women are, you know. Uh, and that there, there's always lots of exceptions to that. <laughs> and, of course, in the Hermetic tradition, we have Hypatia. And, and, uh, and of course, <clears throat> you can also mention, oh, uh, well, my gosh, Margaret Thatcher and... and uh, and uh, um, you know it, even well we even give 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 Olga Blavatsky some credit for creativity because she certainly did did create a lot and and uh, uh, you know so I'm all for uh, I'm all for and, and and we should be for women's uh, uh, equality and expression and everything but we but we also should consider nature and and Jesus uh, was uh, Jesus considered. At the uh, the Genesis Garden of Eden uh, formula, Eve and Adam together—you know, she was Adam's helpmate—and and, and uh, um, this this is is really kind of the nature of, 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 of the nature of, of of nurture and 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 uh, creativity and. Uh, but to get back to Melchizedek, the true nature, Melchizedek's true nature, and the significance is, as I say, uh, one of the one of the big things philosophically behind uh, behind Christianity that has been somehow or other. Has been, I won't say swept under the rug, but it, but it's been, it's been distorted, and the distortion, of course, goes back to Ezra, and and so he accomplished it. But um, the uh, the priesthood of, of of David, Solomon, and uh, and Jesus uh was certainly uh you know was certainly based on Melchizedek's original original communion and the father god was was uh father El who even who even back in, in uh ancient most ancient times uh the Canaanite uh over god El uh was referred to as El the compassionate. Um, now let's uh let's think about um, um that gnostic that gnostic story of Melchizedek that was uh written down by Athanasius the uh, the patriarch of um, of Alexandria uh in this in the 2nd century you I know you're familiar with it that's uh we we have it in uh, in the Old Testament pseudographia, the
1: first volume um uh, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that's really um it, it, it's really neat because it, it presents uh it, it presents Ezra as a Canaanite king which he was. And um his uh well I think his his grandmother's name was Salem for whom the the town was named. Um, it, is,
0: just, you mean
1: you mean, you made oh my gosh I can't believe i said that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. two diametrically opposed characters yeah, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's really it's really pretty interesting because we have um, Melchizedek uh, a, a, as the son of a um a, a pagan and uh, it's him and his brother and, and some of this is just um rehashing of of legends about Abraham and and, um, Melchizedek says to his father uh, well how how can your God how how can your many gods be the real gods when um, when the sun goes down it's gone but then the moon comes up so which one's really God and um, there's the whole story of, of Tara that's kind of rehashed where where Abraham chops up all of uh, Tara's um, idols because he was an idol maker. And um, he puts the ax at the foot of the biggest one. And Tara comes in and says, what did you do to all of my idols? And, um, and, and Abraham says, "Uh, I I didn't do it, dad. It it was, uh, it was the the largest, powerful than the rest. So he chopped the rest up. So there's a similar story about Melchizedek and, um, Melchizedek's father, uh, King Melchizedek, doesn't really like his um, younger son very much. He, he had two sons. I believe they were twins, Melchizedek and Melchizedek. Uh, he, and he was going to sacrifice um, Melchizedek. And there are, I, I believe it's, um, th- there are going to be uh, seven cows sacrificed to the 12 gods. And yeah. uh, they said guys. Yeah, said course. he
0: sent Melchizedek out to round up the round up the cattle and bring them in, and, and, uh, and Melchizedek and didn't do it. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I you know I'm wondering about that. Why? Why? Uh, you know, he, he ended up sacrificing. First, he wanted to sacrifice the cows or the heifers. And, and, uh, and Markasic wouldn't do that. And, uh, then, uh, then he ends up, uh, sacrificing wanting to wanting to sacrifice Melchizedek himself. And, and his wife, you know, his wife talks him out of it, or Melchizedek's mother, uh, and, uh, says, why don't we, why don't we draw lots on that? <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and she manages to get Melchizedek off the hook on that. But, but then, then Milky turns around and, and he sacrifices uh, about uh, 300 of the firstborn of his people. He's got it, it, this, huge, this huge orgy of human sacrifice, and Melchizedek is so upset by it that, that he calls down a curse. and And, and, and then the whole city... And this is in Jerusalem, but the, 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 the city that that, uh, the, the, that his father uh, controls the whole city falls into a i guess into a sinkhole. this sounds like 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 Ubar remember remember how Ubar, yeah. ubar went down yeah, it sounds very much like ubar and and you know, the whole city falls into a into a gigantic sinkhole. And 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 is destroyed, and Melchizedek, of course, is is so upset by that because he brought this curse down and and all that. So he goes off into the into the wilderness like John the Baptist. He goes off into the wilderness and and. And uh, you know, and he's he's naked, and his fingernails get long, and his hair gets long, and he looks like Howard Hughes, and
1: you know, yes, yes, very uh, much John the Baptist.
0: Yeah, John the Baptist, or and and the way he's described is like is like Howard Hughes, and the you know, in the last days, right, his long fingernails <laughs> and his had his long hair and everything, and then uh, then God, God comes along and tells Abraham. Uh, hey Abraham, uh, you know I want you to go up to Mount Tabor, go up there and find this wild man, and take a razor and you know and and uh, I don't know what they used for shaving cream in those days, but you know take a razor and and some shears up there, clip his fingernails and 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 uh, and, and shave his beard off and cut his hair and uh, and bring him down and he'll. And he'll give you his blessing, and uh, and so Abraham does this, and uh, so Melchizedek returns to the, you know, uh, returns to the to the world of the living, and 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 becomes the uh, the priest of the temple. Um, but the interesting thing about this is is that Melchizedek and Abraham have the same vision, you know, this vision of, 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 of the one God. And uh, I think that this, how much of this is Athanasius's creativity, and how much of this, you know, might have come down from, from old legends, I don't know.
1: Uh, well, some of but, it I, uh, I think uh, you can clearly see as a rehash. Like, one of the problems with um, Melchizedek being alone in the wilderness and found by Abraham, I I like this story, but it's missing an element, which is Melchizedek was already established king. And if you're a king, you can't be a king of no one and really be a king. So uh, Melchizedek had to have a stable community in Salem or or, or thereabouts. And and I do think it was in that area. And and the reason why is because uh, Adonizedek is the king of Jebus which is uh, the same area as Jerusalem and the same area as Salem, because Salem was just uh, the older name for Jerusalem. So I, yeah. I do think that Melchizedek had already been around uh, with with uh, a, a, a tiny little kingdom in, in this city-state of his. And uh, for some reason, this story kind of misses that. And I think it mixes in a, a couple of legends. It's mixing in the legend of Ubar, I, I don't think that the whole city sunk. That, that that doesn't quite pass the smell test because where was uh, Melchizedek's kingdom? It, it, because in, in this story we have Abraham's really the one in charge because he's coming to a, a madman basically and shaving him and cleaning him up and this guy doesn't even have a kingdom. Whereas um, in the New Testament and Old Testament we have Melchizedek, um He's the one who's taking offerings from Abraham. Abraham is coming to Melchizedek for a blessing, not vice versa. So so this story, um, it, its whatever the original story was, it, it, it's been shaken up a little bit where Melchizedek is, uh, you know, when he's a kid, he's sort of a young Abraham. Uh, he, that story from uh, Jubilees, I, I believe it's Jubilees, is kind of mixed in, the legend of Ubar is mixed in the legend of John the Baptist is mixed in. And and I do think that um, Melchizedek was um, a a spiritual uh, mystic, much in the vein that um, John the Baptist followed. But um, I I don't think that he lost his entire city. So some of it's definitely mixed up. But one thing that's neat about Melchizedek that I do think is true is him offering uh, a sacrament of bread and wine, um, which didn't uh, it didn't involve the animal slaughter that um, was performed by the Levitical priesthood, and the reason for that is, I think Melchizedek's message was we don't need to kill animals in order to sacrifice our God.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, and of course, as as you. Uh as um we were we mentioned before, uh the original the original Alois, uh were were vegetarian or, or almost vegan. And, and of course uh Daniel, you know, uh Daniel was, over yeah. in the Babylonian captivity. Daniel uh Daniel was obviously one of the Davidians and he was an Eloist. Right. And and yeah, man. and and interestingly enough, ah, and the, so many so many things of the Ezra conspiracy. You know, this people people love conspiracies. Well, the Ezra, as far as I'm concerned, the biggest biggest conspiracy in the Bible was Ezra's Ezra's rewrite of, of you it know was. of trying to yeah well,
1: but certainly was here's
0: the, thing that, here's the thing that that Ezra managed to accomplish. Uh, in, in, uh, well, Along with this conspiracy, okay, he, Cyrus. He's he's in cahoots with Cyrus. Cyrus is going to send him back to back to uh, Canaan, uh, back to Jerusalem, and and uh, and you know, and not only is he going to send him back, he's going to send him back with uh, with funding to rebuild the temple, funding to rebuild it. And and the the Persian army to back him up, and so what Ezra is going to do is he's going to establish a, a satellite, you know, like like the communists used to have these countries and they still do, you know, that are satellites. Uh, that that uh, that uh, Judea and Israel were going to be a satellite of the Persian Empire, and and of course Israel. Uh, 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 helped, um, you know, uh, uh, um, Cyrus helped Ezra uh, rewrite the Bible because that was going to be used to conquer all of Israel, the Canaanites. Because the ten, the ten so-called lost tribes, you know, were not really lost. They were, they, they, they never left. They, they were, uh, you know, they were uh, the Canaanites and the Phoenicians, and so. Um, the, the, the but the you know the important thing about this is is that uh that uh, uh that Ezra uh you know uh leaves these uh, uh, leaves these people back but he leaves he leaves all of the Davidians in Babylon. He goes back to the They were he, he a big back, threat to his power. And they were a big threat to his power obviously so so the Dividians, the Davidians stay in Babylon, and and uh and and uh and, and Ezra takes the Levites with him Levites and benjamin and 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 Judah and Benjamin and the Levites. Did yeah, I miss Jesus
1: anybody? actually he, well Jesus actually mentions an interesting story about David, which is um david is is going and he's uh eating the, eating the sacred grain with his men, and it was something only a priest was entitled to do and uh David's argument was uh well uh i I am a priest after the order of Melchizedek, so I have a right to do this and, and that was the big conflict is uh, th- there was this persistent conflict uh between uh, the kings of Judah and the priesthood of Aaron always not getting along. And it was only when they got along that Ezra praised them when he's going back in history. But when they did get along, Ezra says, Oh, this was an evil king. It's never the priest who was evil. It it was always the, uh, the king, uh, from the Davidic line who was evil. And, And just to cap this, because I don't want this to be forgotten. It's very fascinating. Um, There's a legend that says Tamar, who who is the ancestor of King David and King Solomon, uh, she married Judah. She was a Canaanite. So this puts them at variance with um, the the Levitical priesthood, which is not claiming the same Canaanite heritage. Um, So so we have a, a direct line from Melchizedek, the Canaanite, down to um, David, Solomon, and Jesus. This means Jesus is uh, the, the ancestral mother of Jesus' tribe was a Canaanite. And um, according yeah. to Ezra, th- this was, uh, you know, there's a story about Ezra. This shows how horrible Ezra was, and it also shows how much disregard Ezra had for the Davidic line. It, it was kind of a snub. Um, All all these men who who came back with Ezra, um, Ezra wants them to send their Canaanite wives and their children, and their children, and this is awful, back to the in-laws, the Canaanite in-laws, and and basically, how horrible does Ezra have to be to promote divorce to the degree that you send your wives back to the in-laws and your own children because they don't share your Levitical heritage, it's just it's just absolutely horrid what Ezra was able to accomplish, and it also shows uh, how much Jesus really had disdain for Ezra, even though he never uh, bluntly said it. He did say, "Yeah, this divorce thing, it's not of God, it's not of hell. This is uh, this is an invention," and and Jesus was essentially saying. Um, no, Ezra, you, you did have it right. You, you were not following El. This is what El really wants. And, and that's what Jesus was really doing. And that's what we get gleams of in the Gnostic tradition is a, of this higher tradition uh, of this higher uh, infinite God who really sees marriage as a sacred union and sees women as a special attachment to men who are to be prized and, and not discarded, really like cattle.
0: Yes, I, 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 you know, or you got it, you got it right, you hit it right on the nose, and I think that, uh, that that's, you know, as we're looking at this, uh, we have to, we have to say, uh, I, you know, to, as a qualifier, not the Bible, as we have it, the Bible is mythology, it and, is. and it's, yeah, it is, it's mythology, and it is no, no less, uh, no less valid than than uh, many examples of Greek mythology, or have just as much uh, genuine historical uh, significance as, as the Bible, because you know just, just for, for an example, uh, uh, the, the Hebrews, uh, sure they were they were uh, suppressed and miserable uh, uh, in Egypt. But that was only because they had conquered Egypt and and made the Egyptians miserable for for about 300 years, and then finally the Egyptians forced them all up there, you know, to to, uh, to the Tanis area up there uh, in, in the land of the land of Goshen. You know, my grandma used to say, "Land of Goshen." Yeah, that's where the, the Hebrews were. They, they 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 didn't this idea that the, the Hebrews were. Forced to build the pyramids was a lot of that. That that, that was a load of that. That's a load of ho- the hooey. The pyramids were about three thousand years before the uh, before right. the uh, the Egyptian captivity. They had nothing to do with that. And and uh, but uh, they they had been they they had conquered uh, as the Hyksos. And I have by the way, it's you know, just uh, I was just showing this to Andrea. I have the Atlas of the Bible Lands that was produced by Hammond way back about um, about forty years ago, and I still have my copy. And they have this wonderful time chart of Bible history on the front cover and inside the back inside the covers. And, and, and this this chart is about three feet long, and and it it's uh, it's got the Hebrews, the Egyptians, the Mesopotamians. Uh, uh, the Phoenicians, the Greeks, uh, the Hittites, and, and the Persians, all running in these big long lines parallel to each other. And this is one of these things that you really can figure out what, what is going on in our, in our mythology. And as I say, the Bible's mythology, but it is so important, it's so important mythology. That doggone it! I believe if we if we had a time machine right now and we could go back uh, in in time back to these biblical uh, periods, I'll bet that, that that what we would see is 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 the is the mythology, not not what what actually happened, and how they would manage to do the the Hexos, um, uh, and Moses on uh, the Hebrews, I, I don't know. That that that'll be that'll probably make the time machine blow a fuse, and <laughs> 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 yeah, be The reason is, if you look at this timeline chart, and you come down here, Hyksos invaders rule Egypt, and this is right ex- on the on the Hebrew chart. This is right during the sojourn in Egypt. And it's and and it also in the Egyptian line, it's Hyksos invaders rule Egypt. And and there's uh, you know the Hyksos, the shepherd kings. They were. They had a war god named Sutek, and and uh, they equated him with Set. When they took over Egypt, they they equated uh, their their war god Sutek with Set. The Egyptian Satan, and and made the Egyptians venerate the, enforced the, the Egyptians to venerate Set, and killed Egyptian sacred animals, and and just literally made the Egyptians miserable, for about for about three hundred years, until the Egyptians finally finally got the Ethiopians to help them, and drove uh, these uh, Axos or Hebrews. Up into the Delta area, and up 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 to Tanis, you know, (laughs) in Indiana Jones, where Indiana Jones and the Nazis were digging for the Ark, that that's where they drove them, and uh, and so their their version, and then Moses, of course, was according to Manetho, the last the last historian of the Egyptians, uh, Moses was a was a renegade priest uh, of Osiris. Uh, who was uh, the last of the Hyksos, and he he led that when the, the the Egyptians finally pushed him out. They, they, Moses Moses led the last of the Hyksos back to uh, back to Canaan, and so you know we don't know, but, but we for the sake of of argument we accept the Exodus story, and and uh, and we deal with that. And with the same thing, that, you know, as I say, in some some areas of Greek mythology, we accept these, uh, we accept this because it's, it's part of our belief system. And uh, so, uh, looking at what Ezra did, uh, he didn't just mess with 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 history; he messed with he messed with our with our sacred mythology and and um and we might as well consider that messing with you know rewriting history uh, because uh we we follow it uh and it is it really is as i say the 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 substituting of 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 um, yahweh for l was was really uh really a, an orwellian it was it was it was it was an orwellian thing to do and, and 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 probably one of the worst conspiracies that's, that's been inflicted on uh, on uh on civilization uh, you want know, you want to comment uh somewhat on on uh on uh, Melchizedek's, uh, uh influence well he has influenced uh, uh in a number of, of churches what one of the Mormons. One uh, of the Mormon views on on, on Melchizedek.
1: Well, Melchizedek um, was the uh, the not not necessarily the founder because he was continuing something that actually existed before the flood, but he was the holder of the full priesthood. Um, the Levitical priesthood was a, a lesser lesser priesthood which you stopped uh which you graduated from Which you graduate from in the Mormon religion um when you turn 18 you you when you become an adult you receive the full priesthood which is the melchizedek priesthood which allows you to do everything all the blessings you know blessing the communion the sacrament of uh well they they do bread and water now it used to be bread and wine but they changed it because um They thought there was a conspiracy where their wine was getting poisoned, so they switched to bread and water. Um, But um, essentially, if you you wanted the priesthood where you could be married forever to your soulmate, um, that would be conducted through the Melchizedek priesthood. And um, the Levitical priesthood was... um, just a, a less, lesser priesthood that allowed you to um, bless the communion but nothing more All, all the the high powers of um, blessing people um, when they're born, when they get married, uh, when they pass on uh, that, that was all held within the Melchizedek priesthood The priesthood which Jesus had in its fullness, that was the Melchizedek priesthood
0: but then then uh what in, in the in the Mormon the Mormon Bible uh what happens with with Yahweh
1: well uh their tradition is is interesting um they they do equate Yahweh with Jesus and I'm not saying that we should even consider doing that but they do make Elohim the superior um god of the two and um I, I think that's interesting because they're seeing Elohim and, and Jehovah as separate entities and Elohim as the superior entity. And one thing that I think is um, fascinating and, and significant, uh, getting a little bit away from the, the Mormons, because um, uh, I, I, I think I've captured everything that, that they're about as far as Melchizedek's concerned. But uh, it, it was really Wellhausen in, in uh, Germany. He's a, an awesome German scholar who realized, hey, wait a minute. I, I'm reading these the five books of Moses, and I'm noticing some of the stories are about Elohim, which is an extended name of El. And other stories are about Jehovah. And, and the interesting thing about that is if you read Genesis chapter 1, um, where, where it's saying God, that's really Elohim in Hebrew. And where it's saying, uh, Lord God or Lord, that's Jehovah. Now, the story of Elohim, when he creates, he creates from the heavens by his word alone. So, El has a significant amount of power. Elohim, you you know, it says, I I created man in in my image. Elohim is sort of a a plural term uh, where God is, you know, in our image. That is El and Asherah, because it's two beings. It has the Elohim which is a, a plural ending. So it's referring to at least two entities. And uh, it, really what it's referring to is the Canaanite pantheon headed by El and Asherah. That's how
0: yeah. man
1: is created in our image, not in my image. And then the second which chapter, evolved, you have Jehovah. Evolves. Yeah. yeah. I was, well, you, you, say you have Jehovah. Evolved. He has to create yeah, on the ground.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Which involves... According to the Nessian document, and, and 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 can be confirmed all the way through uh, the Bible if you know how to read it. Uh, uh, El and Asherot, uh, uh had their counterparts on Earth uh, of, of Baal and Astarte, uh, uh, Isis and Osiris, uh, uh, Venus and Adonis, and and all of the. Uh, we might mention that, that Elohim is the pantheon. Is not just God. It's it's, it's the pantheon, and they are all aspects, and some of them are earthly aspects, and and so uh, eventually uh, Jesus. Uh, and this is another uh, another sort of a conspiracy that that was was inflicted upon upon uh the christian new testament whatever is the glorification of 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 mother mary supposedly and and the, the uh and, and the downgrading of jesus's wife mary magdalene uh and so really we have you know if you want to take this thing from a canaanite point of view um uh, l and Mother Asherat had their had their counterpart uh on 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 earth of Baal, of and Astarte, who who eventually evolved through all of this into Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And uh and that that of course is the final you know, the final secret behind all of this. And we're just about uh, running this about to the end of the hour, and and uh, uh, I want to really thank you, uh, Mike, for coming on board on this and giving us all your knowledge. And and uh, I think that people who have not heard of any of this before, and and I think they may they may we really have given them a lot to think about, and we certainly have have uh, you know. Uh, I won't say we've solved the mystery of Melchizedek, but we certainly have um, um we certainly have honored melchizedek and and uh given people as i say quite a bit to think about so uh we'll be back next week with uh with another uh, uh, um stimulating discussion and uh, so until then uh Good magic, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Good magic.